A shot to do what? Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. And remember to also subscribe to the Give Us a Shot Network YouTube channel. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction, as always, and to our guy Mike Regina with the JT and the Don pump-up music. We appreciate that. We have a a fun show for you today, and we bring back a segment for the first time in about two years, so I'm excited for that. But first, let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How are you feeling today? What up? Let's get into it, man. The fact that you say we're bringing back something that's two years old that got you written all over it, bro. You always such a this is like the most Pittsburgh thing you can do. Always living in the past. Be creative. Let's do new shit. But I let it slide for today. So we'll do this. This old thing. We'll bring it back. I mean, you're an old guy, so I get it. It, You cool with that? Yo, if it works in the past, you know, if it ain't broke, why fix it? We should have never let it slip away. Nah, you said. I don't know. You must got something up your uh, some trick up your sleeve. I have no idea what you're going to ask, I but I, I got that's usually what later. this means. I got something for you later. All right. So got to start off the show. NBA draft. Let's recap that. As expected, the freak Victor Wimbanyama went number one to the Spurs. Despite us think thinking that, you know, there's possibility that the Spurs might mess it up. They no. indeed did not. So they took Wimby number one. But Wimby aside. Because I feel like he's the obvious answer for this question. Besides Wembenyama, who's the best pick in this draft? It's him. It's Victor Wembenyama. I'm not giving you any other answer. Say it with me, JT, because you were the one that texted me, oh, uh, I think the Spurs are going to trade this pick. And I'm like, are you ridiculous? This is the biggest JT. That's not what I said. I, didn't, I said, yeah. I said, I said they, they the might receipts? dangle his rights out I got, there. I, 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 thought, the I, I thought they were going to pick Same him. Same thing. Same thing. Say it with me. Wem Banyama. Right, you just everyone. learned how to say that. You couldn't say that name for months, not even a year. So don't don't act like brand new now because you know how to say the dude's name. You literally couldn't say it two weeks ago. Everyone get get used to the name. All right. Like, how can it be anyone but him? Like he's he's a, his official height, Spurs got his measurements seven feet, three and a half inches. This guy oversees 21.6 points a game, 10. Point four boards with two and a half assists and three blocks a game this past season. And he's a 19 year old playing pro ball over there. Free throw line, 82.8%. So you can't even foul him at the end of games because he's going to make you pay. All right. Like the Spurs know what they're doing. They've proven that in the past. They'll continue to develop him. And this is the reason why I couldn't go with someone else, JT. His marketing 
ability, right? As high as anyone ever may be coming out of the draft, and definitely in this draft, his marketability is off the charts compared to everybody else. Because a lot of those other names, they're not household names. Like it, the draft has changed. And I know you we're going to get to that later, but like this is the, the best pick for so many reasons, including globally, that I couldn't pick anybody else. I'm sorry. It's him. I mean, I want to add to that too. I mean, it's obvious it's it's, it's women Yama, but are we sure he's seven three? He might be taller. I don't know if you saw the pick that he took with all the Spurs legends and David Robinson's in the middle. I know he's at least seven foot, and he looking like six nine in that picture. So women like, like a point guard. <laughs> and I don't know if he'll if he'll have one of these Jonathan Kaminga type growth spurts over one summer where he goes from like six nine to seven foot. So. I don't know if he has like that type of growth spurt still left in him because he's young, but yeah, if 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 Wimbenyama is everything that everybody says he's gonna be, he's the best pick. But I I took the question as all right, he's the obvious answer. Who's the next best one? And I'll just be brief. I think it's Scoot Henderson. Portland got a steal at number three. I honestly didn't know how he didn't go number two. But I mean, Brandon Miller is a nice player for the Hornets. But I mean, Scoot is ridiculous. I mean, you want to talk about somebody that has the potential to be close to OKC Russell Westbrook is Scoot. And it's like OKC Russell Westbrook ability in a bodybuilder frame. Like I don't, I, I've not seen that before. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And it says a lot about Scoot too, where the writing on the wall was, all right, we're moving forward with him and we're okay if Dame does not want to come back. So I got to say, besides Wimby, that's the best pick. So go in the opposite direction. What's the worst pick, the pick that you hate the most? Now I know you I know where you're probably gonna go with you this. Know it I, want, I want you to be objective. I want you to be objective <laughs> here, not emotional. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be both because I'm allowed because it's my Orlando magic. And I'm not gonna try to give a dissertation or get on my soap soapbox <laughs> about the Orlando Magic and what they've normally done. So I'll be objective here. It's Jet Howard. I'm sorry, like he was a fringe first round pick, JT. Like there were odds of him being like plus 200 to make it into the first round, meaning that's an underdog type of odd. You bet 100, you win 200. There was two to one odds. He didn't make it into the first round. Like, that's insane. Not only does he get in the first round with Orlando taking him, he's essentially a lottery pick in the top 14, number 11, I think it was. So, like, where does he fit for the Orlando Magic? I don't know. He can't guard NBA-level type guards. Oh, sounds nope. like he got a place on the Orlando Magic. <laughs> yeah, we got enough of those. That's my whole point. And then he he's not going to be able to guard the bigs that want to back him down or even front him. So, like, at best, at some point in his career, he's going to be a second or third option scoring type of offensive player for Orlando. Like, they don't need that right now. They need guys that are going to instantly help them become playoff contenders, not a piece that – is going to help them win a title because they don't have the other pieces. Like that's something that like the Lakers would need is a jet Howard, right? Golden state needs not, not Orlando. Orlando needs a lot of other things uh, besides that. I just, again, they do it every year. There's another option. I think that is just as bad and maybe you'll get to it. But for me, I'm going to go the route of an Orlando magic fan. They do this every year. That is why it is the, worst pick like I like the kid he comes from a good basketball family right but 
just not for the Orlando Magic. Not a number 11, JT. Vegas had this guy at best a fringe first rounder. You made him a lottery pick. That's the most Orlando Magic thing in this draft. You know, it's funny. I put I put in here for you to have an Orlando Magic rant, and you took it out, but you ended up doing it anyway. <laughs> so I don't, I, don't, I don't know why you took that out of the show. Like You knew you were going to have something to say about the Magic. You're going to be pissed off about something they did. But, I mean, I can't argue with you. Like, their pick is pretty bad, and we, we talked about that when they made it. But I'm going to go with a pick, to me, that's more egregious. And it's the OKC Thunder picking uh, point guard Carson Wallace at number 10. Now, they traded up for the rights, but – this still doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you trade up to get the rights to a point guard when you could have just drafted the guy at your original pick or maybe later? Because I don't think he was projected to go number 10. Like, he went in the top 10. I don't think he was projected to go there. And then where is the fit? You already have Shea Gilgis Alexander, and you already have Josh Giddy. Those are two really, really good borderline elite ball handlers. Like, where does this guy fit into that pecking order on the Thunder? And why are you taking him in the top 10? Like, I just didn't get it. That was just a head scratcher to me. Um, I thought that was a worse pick than the two that the Magic made. So, well, before, before you move on, do you think that Wallace pick was worse? My, my other one, if I'm putting my Orlando emotions aside, it's Derek Lively the second to Dallas at number 12, right behind Jed Howard. Yeah, he he like, was on my list, too, because they're already saying that he's guaranteed – to either be glued to the bench or they might send him down. Like he, he might not even be on the roster this year. Like that's, that's already the early word. So he gives, I don't know how, I don't know how somebody just got drafted last week and already like, yeah, he's not in the team. At At number 12, this isn't second round, you know, Nikola Jokic that, Hey, we need time. Like, Number 12, JT. Number 12, like, like, we need to see if you're good or not right now, because if you trash, you're going to be out of the league. Like, they need guys now, especially if they end up signing Kyrie. Like, they need guys now. That's really the the worst pick, not because of the player, but the fit and where the team is. At least Oklahoma City and Orlando can say, well, we're just buying time. We're accumulating talent. Like, Dallas can't afford that. Yeah, I guess the one one good thing I will say about about the Wallace pick is – I mean, he's from Kentucky, so I mean, yeah. maybe maybe there's upside, but I just didn't get the fit. So let's let's look like geniuses right now. Sleeper pick. I'm, I'm going to give you two because, as you said, to of, me course. Last week, <laughs> of course, because well, as you said, really, last there's only one week, answer to this show. question. We do, we there's only one it. answer to the question, and if you don't say this guy's name, everything that you were complaining about during the draft is bullshit. Because you cried and cried and cried that the Magic did not take this guy. They had two opportunities. And then on top of that, they could have traded back in for a third first-round pick and got this guy. So if this guy that I picked is not on your list, it's not a true sleeper. Amaze me. Well, this is the reason why it's not a sleeper. And I'll I'll let you make that pick, and then I'll explain why he's not a sleeper. I got two sleepers. The more obvious sleeper is Grady Dick. He's the best shooter in the draft. All right, and he fell to number 13, Orlando passing him twice, a couple other teams in there. He's a great defender, too. I think people forget about that because of what he was wearing. Not only is he the best shooter in the draft, he's a great defender, averaged two steals per game. JT, he, he only had one year at Kansas, and he made second team all Big 12. Like, that's pretty impressive coming out of Kansas. Now, I will admit, he's got to improve his playmaking ability and passing, I just think I'm not saying he's the best player in the draft. I'm just saying that's the sleeper pick that everyone's going to like look over 
But at the end of the day, he's going to be very productive in the NBA. And then I would say my deep sleeper pick is Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana University. He was the second to last pick, I think, by Washington, traded to where? Golden State. Perfect spot for him. And he's going to fit in well there. He's an undersized big man who they say can't shoot the outside shot. Does that sound familiar? Sounds a lot like Draymond Green when they took him in the second round. All right. Both, <laughs> both this, from man, the- this, 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 this man literally, the scouts gave you the optimal skill set that doesn't translate to the NBA. <laughs> Undersized, big man, can't shoot. And you're like, you know what? That guy's going to be an all-star. Like hey. every every guy that fits into that category ain't gonna be Draymond hey. Green. They're closer to DeWan Blair they're, they're than Draymond both. Green. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Speak nice of DeWan Blair. Yeah, nice. I love, I love DeWan Blair. And he came from ahead of his time. But both from the Big Ten. Listen, he was the twenty nine. He was a twenty nineteen McDonald's All American. This past year, he was first team All American, Defensive Player of the Year, semifinalist. Look at his stat sheet: twenty point nine points a game, ten point eight boards a game, four point uh, four. Um, assists a game in almost three blocks per game like jt the guy can ball he can play and he's going to the perfect spot that's why it's a sleeper pick for me is he's going to go about his work we know he's coming from you know um mike woodson taught him well they developed him like this is the sleeper pick second to last pick i like it by golden state trading for him all right one of those I, i can agree with now, I think you know what my pick is. So why don't you go ahead and announce it for me? Is it Cam? I'm guessing it's Cam Whitmore. It's got to Of course. Of course. The Rockets do it again. How <laughs> many times is the NBA going to let the Rockets pick elite all star potential talent in the 20s? They did it last year with Tari Eason. And if the coach was better in Houston, he might have got some all rookie honors. But well, now they Cam. got that coach. Now they got that coach. And, and now and now they now they got Ime. So th- that makes this pick even better. Cam Cam at 20 is insane because you were screaming they should take him at six. And then you're like, we got to take him at 11. And they did neither. And he lasted the pick 20. Like, how do you get a guy at pick 20 that can create his own shot and can play defense? Like, that to me is a potential all-star. With so, an NBA-ready body. Don't forget yeah, that. I don't get it. Like, what are those other teams doing? Like, what are, what are they seeing that we don't? Because I thought Cam was the top, like, eight pick well, at worst. So Well, the, the reports were that there was some medical concern, and then he had a great workout in general. But when he went to his individual ones, there was some concern that he didn't do as well. And then some interview questions, they didn't – he wasn't – he didn't blow the socks off of everybody in the interviews, too. So – that you know kind of Listen, I'm not agreeing. No, 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 I no, no, agree no. with I, you. I just want to say, I just want to say something about. I just want to say something about these interviews. Like, I, <laughs> I, I hate that excuse. Like, oh, the interview process yeah. wasn't great. Obviously, these these GMs and scouts, they don't know how to ask the right questions because <laughs> Zion still went number one, number one overall. And I'm, I don't know what happened in his interview, but I'm pretty sure the things that he's going through right now and his extracurricular activities, they didn't assess in his interview. So I don't want to hear anything. And, and there was medical bad concerns. interviews. And there was medical concerns for Zion. Too. Exactly. Yeah, so, I, I don't get it. And that's why BS. the reason why I'm not saying Cam Whitmore is a sleeper is because that's actually great value pick. He's by far the best value pick. I don't understand how he can be considered a sleeper when he should have went Top five, top six. So okay, so so the That's real question begins: Fantasy basketball. 
what <laughs> round are we competing with each other to get him? Because this happens every year. Wait more. Yes. What what round are we are we like? All right, I got to draft him in this round, so you won't get him, so the other guy won't get him first. It, it's just so tough with Houston, man. New coach. All right, that means round ten. He's he's, <laughs> he's he's bullshitting me. Next, next, next. I don't even want to hear you try to pretend to be not interested. But let's talk about your boy Wimbenyama. We already said it. Best player in this draft. The hype is out of control. You know, leading up to the draft, you were hearing people saying that he was the best prospect maybe in team sports history. People also saying, you know, he's a bigger prospect or at the same level of prospect as far as hype and talent coming into the league as LeBron. So, you know, with that expectation, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him. Do you think that he can live up to the hype of being the best prospect in the NBA since LeBron? Because I'm taking that as can he be the best player in NBA history? That's how I'm taking this. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, not not quite because it's just so hard to match what LeBron did in terms of fulfilling the hype. Like they're different players play, playing different positions. And listen, he can still be a perennial all-star, a top, if not the top player in the league in the future here. He can win a title. But when we say live up to this hype, to me, no one but LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like lived up to the hype that they all got. Like those four guys probably even surpassed it if that's even possible, right? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar probably the greatest college basketball player of all time. Magic Bird had that rivalry that continued with the two storied franchises. We know what LeBron did for twenty plus years. Like it's absurd, right? MJ didn't have that hype. Of those four guys I just mentioned, he didn't have the hype of and you know, I, and Victor I feel people forget about that. People yeah. just assume like Michael Michael Jordan was like this generational right. prospect, like he if, was he was the best player ever coming out of college. Like, no, like if he the if Bulls, he was the Bulls really got lucky. Yeah, if he was, he would have been taken number one, number two at worst. He went number three behind you know Sam Bowie and, and, and Hakeem. So listen, the thing is though, the Spurs are just not a good team right now, so they're gonna take a couple of years. And I just live like we live in an, in an impatient society. And if he gets off to a slow start or the team's not winning, like people are going to turn on him real quick. And that's why I just think it's hard to live up to that hype of, of being the best prospect since LeBron. But that doesn't mean he can't be the top player in the world at some point. Like I, I think he can. And I think he actually will be if he stays healthy. All I'm saying is the hype is too hard to match. The hype is out of control. Like I thought it was out of control for LeBron, but he did it. But that's because he's yeah, also Le- stayed LeBron healthy. showed the hype was justified in his first summer yeah, league ex- game. Ex- exactly. <laughs> in first NBA game as well. Yeah. But I will I will say this. With the NBA, I think if this were the NFL, 100 percent I agree with you. Like the pressure out the gate to perform with that type of hype, it's almost impossible to live up to because every play in game is critical. In the NBA, realistically the Spurs could be bad to mediocre for four years and he could average, you know, let's say like 25 and 12 and people would be like, all right, he's, he's a really good player. So the NBA is a little bit different because you can, but JT, but but JT, that's a good point. Is a really good player though, going to match that hype that we have for him? Cause you're right. 25 and 12. I mean, that's, that's absurd. Like that's a really, if you can make a career like that, let's say 25, 12 boards, 
Um, he's averaging like two or three blocks. Like, I mean, he might be he might be first team All NBA, but you're, you're going the, the winning whole, part whole is hard. Thing. But I, I'll I'm just, just I'll just say my answer, and I'll let you finish. The e- the easy answer is no. Like, and I've said this before, he'd have to be the best player all time on the court, and, while also being larger than life off the court. And I think that's the only way that he will catch MJ and LeBron because that's what he's shooting for. We're not aiming for Hakeem. No disrespect, no disrespect to Bird and Magic. Like he's not aiming for those guys. Like his right. hype is be his hype arc is beyond them. So MJ and LeBron, and he got to do it on the court, which means he's got to put up the stats. He's got to win the hardware, and he's got to be a larger than life prospect and personality off the court. He's got to be endorsement big. He's got to be social media big, and I just don't see him doing those two things. So I'm just going to say no out the gate. So I won't be disappointed. Well, I mean, yeah, again, that sums it up. Like it's just the, can't match the hype. Like it's, he can go 25 and 12, but I'm telling you, if they're not winning, he's going to take the they same won. heat. He's <laughs> going to take the same heat LeBron was taking, but the difference is LeBron's going to be ball dominant. So he can dictate the game. Yeah. I just don't see when Benyana, when Benyama being able to do that. That's all. Also, before I ask this last question, I just don't I don't know if he'll be a really exciting player out the gate. Like, I don't think his game is like a LeBron where we're getting these highlight dunks, even if the team's not doing well. Like, I I think you're going to get great defense. Maybe you'll hit some threes, but I don't think there's anything about his game on offense where it's going to be like, all right, sports center is going to be blowing him up. Like, right. I just don't see it. But but last last question on the draft. So this is very interesting. So. Four out of the top five picks were not from college. So they had three G League players. Uh, two of those guys are my cousins, the Thompson Twins. Shout out to them. Hope you guys have a good NBA <laughs> career. And then, of course, uh, Wimby is from France. So uh, Brandon Miller from Alabama was going number two. Is the only player drafted in the top five that actually played in college. So things are changing. What do you think that means for the future of NBA basketball that, you know, these top players aren't coming from college. Where did, where did Scoot play? Uh, G League. Okay. So I misunderstood the question initially in the production meeting. I thought you said, who was the best player that didn't go to college and is not named Victor Wembenyama? So I'm going to put my plug in real quick. I think it's a sore Thompson. All right. And I'm hoping he was going to fall to the magic. I, that's all I'm saying on him. No way sent that question to you. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was the question. That so was that's, the question. That's my that's my that's my my answer. Um now to answer your question, all right. Listen, international players have have been drafted now for a good 30 years at, at minimum, right? I mean, we saw it with Tony Kukoc, we started, we saw it with you know um Drazon uh, Petrovic, we saw it with Arvita Sabonis. So the fact that international players like a Victor Wembenyama is, is taken in the top five, that's not surprising, JT. Like, And it's only going to continue because you look at the success of guys like Jokic, of you know Manu Ginobili, of Doncic, of, of Paul Gasol. Like, that's only going to continue. Um, so that's the way the future is. But then you're looking at the G League stuff, like – or not the G League, I'm sorry, but like leagues like Overtime Elite, right? Which is a basketball league that's not really affiliated with the NBA or college. It's where 
players that need to wait that one high school year. It's like, I am, it's like IMG. Well, well, it's a little different, <laughs> though. It's a little different because the players in overtime elite, they can get paid, they get salaries, they get contracts and everything. And the future is, and I've been telling the NCAA for years, they just don't want to listen to me. They don't They don't pick up my, my phone calls, is that I told you this would be coming. Because if you don't get the NIL right and you don't start paying players, all right, this is what's going to happen. Guys are going to say, if they're not attached to a specific basketball program, for example, if a kid hasn't grown up always wanting to play Duke or they didn't idolize, you know, a, a, a John Wall in a Kentucky, yeah. exactly. Like they're going to have no loyalty to those programs. And why, if they know they can get drafted after one year, why not go get, make money. You just with, focus on getting better. Exactly. You don't got to worry about classes. You're literally like in a, in a mini camp for the NBA and or minor league however you want to put it and you're going to get paid and they're seeing that wow guys are being taking you know taking what number three four and five all from you know overtime elite the the league so it's like why not go that route and, and it's going to happen more and more until the ncaa figures out how to get the stud high school stars to come back to college by either NIL deals, making them easier in some way, or and or paying players. Because if you can match what overtime elite is paying, at that point, why would they just not go to they, they're better off going to college? Because they're not gonna, they're not worried about getting a degree anyway. So they can finish the season and then just focus on the, the combine. So they don't even need to worry almost about academics unless they do want to go two, three, four years, which again. If you can't make the NBA out of one year out of overtime elite, sorry to say, it ain't going to happen after two or three years, in my opinion. At that point, you better have hoped <laughs> you went to college instead, because at least in college now, you're you're associated with coaches, with programs that can maybe get you into the NBA after two or three years. Yeah, I, I also do want to say, let's be honest, Wimby going number one overall has nothing to do with him being an international player. Like, he's a freak of nature. So... The whole foreign thing is, is, is irrelevant. Like yeah. he could have played for he's like the player. Allegheny Bad News Bears, and he was all NBA. Why you always got Why you always got to pick a Pittsburgh like reference? Like I feel like you're almost taking jabs at Pittsburgh. You got Dewan Blair now. You got Allegheny. I mean, come oh, on. Man, I didn't. I didn't even notice. It's just yeah, that's the county where Pittsburgh is. That's the river. You know that. Don't don't act like know. that. But I, I agree with you. I think it shows that. Guys don't care about going to class. And if you can remove that factor and take it out of the way of getting to the NBA, they're going to take the path of least resistance. And you're going to pay me to do it? It's a it's a no-brainer. NCAA needs to stop being greedy and find a way to get these guys back because it's not just the best players are going to, like, the G League and, like, uh, Overtime Elite. It's the guys that have the best translatable profiling games to the NBA are going there, like, Imagine if Scoot Henderson was in college. Like, they probably would have went to the Final Four or Elite Eight on whatever team he's on. Like, nobody's stopping that kid. Same thing with the Thompson Twins. Like, imagine they're probably going to the same school. Like, imagine if they were on UM. Like, we went in the championship. So, yeah. UConn, so you UConn would have so had a tough play. time defeating us. Yeah, it's, 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 those, it's those guys that have the NBA elite profiles that they're not getting. And those guys know early, like, hey, I'm going to the league, so how do I get there the fastest in the way that's fun for me? And that's why you're seeing guys like, no disrespect to him, like Sonogo, 
being the best player in the tournament because guys like that can't go to overtime. You got to find a way to get these guys back and you got to pay them. So I agree with you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there should be no academic requirement. All I'm saying is that you still got to be academically eligible, but guys that we see it all the time after they're one and done the once the season's over, like they're done, they're not fulfilling their requirement. And it's like, that's, it's always been like that anyway. So, but I'm not saying that you should get rid of the academic uh, requirements. I'm talking about more NIL and actually finding a way to pay these guys so they can actually go to college and play for college programs. All right. All right. Agree. All right. So for everyone watching, he did his Orlando magic rant. We ran it about the NBA draft. That's out of the way. The rest of the show will be quick. I promise you. It was quick. That was the, my rant was really quick. So let's talk about the NBA free agency. All right. It starts on Friday, June 30 at 6 p.m. Feels and like it's already started. <laughs> it does, but technically no, because NBA, because that is when teams are allowed to start negotiating legally with free agents, all right, or at least with other teams' free agents. So let's provide a brief preview for you, the fans and listeners out there, um, on this upcoming NBA free agency, which I don't think is going to be as good as years past, which is always disappointing because the, the list is really agency, not that good. <laughs> yeah, NBA free agency is usually amazing; like it's almost better than the playoffs sometimes. People, people so, know people tank for free agency classes in the NBA like a summer <laughs> in advance. This ain't one of them classes. No, usually you're unloading contracts, opening up cap space. There's a reason why Orlando has like some of the most cap spaces because they're not going to land anybody, and all the other teams aren't looking for anybody. So anyway. So let's start with who you think's the best available free agent. All right. So free agent, not somebody that can be traded. Correct. <laughs> yes. It's Kyrie Irving. And I that shows how underwhelming the class is. I mean, it could be James Harden, but technically he's not a free agent, but he's doing some things to maybe become a free agent. Well, but yeah, is. it's Kyrie. JT, JT, he Harden is because he opted out. He, oh, did he opt out? Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. So so he's he's number two for me. And there's, and we'll talk about this in a minute. There's rumors that he might be going to the Heat, which a little bit yeah. interesting. Everybody's but, linked. Anyone good is linked to the Heat. Of course, because everybody want to come to you South get, Beach. You heat get excited culture. like heat me culture. At, a, at a buffet. Come on, Heat culture better than Steeler Nation. So, um, <laughs> no, no, sir. It, it's no, it's sir. Kyrie though. It's Kyrie though because he's the guy that's a when he's 100 healthy is still a top 15 player. I mean, elite, efficient score and the basket. Probably one of the top eight guards in the league. I mean, we talking about how underwhelming this free agency class is. I mean, if you get Kyrie, you're in a much better position than you were before. So it's easy to me that it's him. Yep, I, I agree. Even with what he does to locker rooms, to team culture, it's still him. So let's let's move on to the next one. Sleeper free agent that is not getting a lot of hype but can be what I consider the Jalen Brunson of this free agency, because I'm pretty sure I called Jalen Brunson as that guy you should go, everyone should have went to get last year. Yeah, it's funny. You called Jalen Brunson and I called Zion. <laughs> we'll see how this <laughs> works out. Um, you know what's funny? There's only one answer to this question, and I don't even know it's fair, because I feel like maybe people have forgotten about him. It's Miles Bridges. Like, and people forget because he played for the gridiron game last year. He did not play. He was suspended all of last year, off the court issues, legal troubles, right? But you forget, just 20 years old. In the last season that he played, he was almost become hard. What do you have? 27 rebounds and four assists a game? Like, 
if I can get a 25-year-old that is probably going to have his market value reduced because of off-the-court stuff, I'm jumping to get a guy like that, and he's only going to get better if he can stay out of trouble. Yeah, I mean, you know, he did receive a qualifying offer from the Hornets, so we'll see what all how all that plays out. I mean, I think it's easy. This is the next Jalen Brunson. It's Fred Van Vliet. 19.3 points a game, 4.1 rebounds per game, 7.2 assists, hard-nosed defender, can get buckets, can create things for his teammates. It's obviously him. If you're a team that needs that guy to run the show, like run the point, but he's going to be unselfish and play defense and you already got that, that you know, three and D type of guy, you got a big that you can run pick and rolls with, or you got another guy that can can slash to the bucket, but he needs a he needs another guy that can that can, you know, um, run the point to give him off possessions or when he needs a breather to go to the bench, you got a guy. Is, that he, can, is, is he really a Jalen Brunson, though? Because I feel like when you say Jalen Brunson, it's a guy that to the masses hasn't really broken out yet. Like Van Vliet's won a championship. Like he's been an all star. Like, I, 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 I agree with you. I when you talk he, about he, all this, he should, he should he should be somebody that's being targeted. But when I think of Jalen Brunson, like how Jalen Brunson played for the Knicks this year is miles ahead of where he played when he was in Dallas. Now, I'm not saying he played bad in Dallas. He was great. See, I dis I disagree. It was just opportunity. And what I'm saying is I think Fred How much Van more Vliet, opportunity does Fred, Van Vliet need? <laughs> because he had to take a he had to take a backseat always to Siakam and, and Kawhi Leonard. And all I'm saying is Fred Van Vliet goes somewhere else outside of Toronto. He took a backseat to Kawhi Leonard for like 35 games. <laughs> Listen, you want me to give you another guy? I'll give you another guy because please give me somebody that fits this fits this, the, fits this stereotype. Because the Don, you know, knows it all here. The other guy's Kyle Kuzma. You got to go get this guy. Okay, see, I can get with Kuzma. I, I mean, I, Kuzma, I can agree with you on he, that. Thank you. A, that, that matches the description of this question much better than Van Vliet. I, I mean, you know, he he got over twenty one points a game last year. Seven point two boards, almost four assists. Shoots 33% from the three-point line. He's a modern-day power forward that can dribble and shoot. Like, that is what you want. And, the, and, and the, to me, he's, he's just coming into his own. That can get you, like, a yeah. like like an inefficient triple-double, too. Like, you play fantasy basketball, you're like, he got, like, 27 points, 11 boards, getting 10 assists. You're like, how Kyle Kuzma doing this? Like, he if he gets number two usage on a team with a good number one, like, I could see him taking off, like you say, like, to me, that is a Jalen Brunson type of guy that people should be looking at. And I think you can get him on a team-friendly deal come year three, right? You yeah. sign him now to a, a nice contract. By year three, it's looking glorious, especially if he plays the way I expect him to. Got it. I agree with that. All right. So, last I one. I already know where you're going with this. Last, last, listen, you put it on there. We got to talk about it. every. This is becoming like the Lamar Jackson question. All right, here it is. Will it's Damian, funny how I always want to talk about greats. Yeah, it's you know, always how, your team. How, how dare I want to talk always, about great players? It's, it's always what the hell about was I thinking? It's always about your teams. When I want to bring up the Steelers, like, ah, no one watches them. We have the best fan I've base. I've never we said get, that ever. Anytime you put Big Ben or a Let's Steelers talk about Kenny Pickett then. We get the most likes. Just ask right. the damn question. So, will Damian Lillard go to the Heat in a trade this offseason? Of course, it has to happen. Like, <laughs> Wishful too thinking, many buddy. people have talked this into existence. Like, Wishful this thinking. is getting ridiculous. Like, between Damian Lillard's bromance with Bam Adebayo that I didn't even know they had until now, and then I don't know if you've seen this. It's it's trending. Uh, Portland fans are doing the hashtag Free Bam 
So they even they put up like billboards in Portland and stuff like that, trying to get the Blazers to get to go all in and get Bam to bring to Portland. So this all tells me that he's just gonna end up on the Heat. So it's inevitable. Now the now the real question is. Is there some way that we could get him and James Harden? Because that is the rumor out there that James Harden is secretly interested. It, it, it came across my phone before I jumped on this show that James Harden to Miami is picking up steam. That is something that is out there. So it, it humor me. Is it a possibility that we could get both Dame and Harden on the same team? Yes are, or no? You are I know you don't either. want that, but can no, it happen? You're not getting either of them. No. If JT, if Dame to the Heat was happening, it would have happened already. The Heat had the number eighteen pick. They that would have been. That would it have hasn't happened in a deal. I read. I read somewhere. The and Heat I, got I like forgot why. No I, good picks. I forgot. I forgot why they said it because I read it a while ago, and they were like, anything with Damian Lillard really is not going to take effect to happen to like maybe like the second week of July, like July 9th ish. Like that's it, that's when you're going to see a movement on him. I think it's because. They have to get so many teams involved. So I think they're waiting to see how the dust settles from free agency and, you know, what teams have, what players in cap space. This is a monumental move. Like, you're going to need all the infinity stones to make this deal happen. Like, you know how the NBA is. You got you need five teams to make a deal happen. One guy fails a physical. Everybody reverts back, and it's, it's tough. So just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it's not going to like if in the NBA, I, I'm I, not buying that. I disagree. I, and I think Dame's too loyal to Portland. Like, you know, I, I, I respect, I, and I respect that. I you don't, know, there's, I don't, there's, I, I, there's, I, I, I don't well, mind see, it. I don't, re, I don't respect it because, because like you, you, do you want to, do you want to have an opportunity to win? Especially when you already, yeah, you already listen, put in the time, but, but listen, I, I don't knock Durant and what LeBron did. I, and so, but I also respect Damien's point, but I don't like how people are going to dog Kevin Durant and LeBron, but now they're saying Dame is too loyal and, oh, and that on, they don't on. like that. No, like, come on. This whole, this whole Dame loyalty thing. Like, so you're saying he's not coming to Miami, right? No, he is. He is not. Okay. And, and it, listen, what reports are that he hasn't asked for a trade yet. So he to won't. me, that's got to be the first step. Dame, come on, man. Just just ask the girl out, man. Dude, just just go up to her, ask for the number. The worst she could say is no. That's that's the that's the best advice I could give him. So I say he's going to Miami. Don's a hater. He says he's not going to Miami. But somebody that already moved, <laughs> your favorite player, Chris Paul. Uh, he was traded twice this offseason as he when went did from he become Phoenix. my favorite player. He went from Phoenix to the Wizards. Knew he wasn't going to stay there. And then the Wizards <laughs> obviously traded him to the Warriors uh, for Jordan Poole. CP3 is still without a ring. Everyone knows this. Despite his great career, do you think that he'll get a, a ring with the Warriors? Unfortunately, no. Like, first, whether Draymond's there or not, because he's a free agent as well, they just don't have the bench they once had. Like, DiVincenzo opted out. Um, you know, they're banking on young guys like Moody and Kaminga. But, hey, man. Wiseman's well, gone. That Sean, already is a wasted pick. Yeah. Sean Livingston ain't walking through that door. Andre Harrison Barnes ain't walking through that door. <laughs> Iguodala not walking through that door. David Lee not walking through that door. Like we're, we're at David Lee levels. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you don't think the Warriors would take that right now? Go look at that 2015 finals. Um, 
you know, they're they're an older team by far. There's no doubt. And like, do we trust that CP3, Dre, Clay, and Steph can all stay healthy? Because for them to win a title, they'd have to bring Dre, Draymond Green back. And all four need to stay healthy. Not not just three, <laughs> all four. And and I just I, I just don't see that. And listen, I never want to go against Steph Curry. Like he he's the man. All I'm saying is I think this would be the last dance if they do bring back uh, Draymond Green, but it just won't matter. Like, it just won't matter because the West is getting stronger. The East is strong. Like, too many pieces for them to overcome the health and the bench. It got Phoenix, and I think it would get Golden State too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I hate to go against Steph Curry because – I just argued with you not too long ago that the dynasty is not over, but I just don't see it happening. It's because really he, I don't think he's a good fit with the team CP three, but they really need him to, to be that one B at worst when clay and Steph either are resting or they're injured, which is going to happen. Both of those things are going to happen. And the question is, do I trust Chris Paul to be, a 1B at worst when those guys are either out there or only one of them is out there or none of them are out there? The answer is no, because he couldn't do it in Phoenix. Like, it was him and Devin Booker. They were supposed to be it. And I feel like CP3 was either hurt, his game was declining, like he just couldn't get it done. So now, just because he moved to the Bay Area, I'm suspected, I'm expecting him to be rejuvenated and be like the Hornets, Chris Paul? Nah, it's, it's not going to happen. I think He's going to be injured just like he's been every season. And it's going to stand out more this year because now you're on the big stage, like everybody watching the Warriors. And you being there just elevates the pressure. So I don't think it's going to work. I, I like the player, but I just don't see it happening. So NFL, can we talk about that? Even though, you know, I know you don't really like this guy. When did I ever say that? Now you're just making things up. Like, oh, your favorite player is CP3. Like, I like CP3. Love CP3. Very good player. You, ha- you, had my a, you had a CP3 jersey before I saw it. Not my favorite player, and I don't have his jersey. He does. And now you're so, saying I don't like Kirk Cousins. Like, when did I ever say that? Yeah, when? Man, when I try to oh, trade you. When I try to oh, trade him to you. You know, he's the worst quarterback ever, mistake. but all of a sudden you like him. I've always said Washington made a big mistake. They should have kept him. All right, so rumor has it, according to NBC Sports, Kirk Cousins could have a, quote, bidding war next offseason with the 49ers and the Rams as the favorites to square off. Oh, never thought I'd hear a bidding war and Kirk Cousins in the same sentence at this point in his career. But here, here we are. Should those two teams be going all in for Kirk Cousins? No, no. What kind of this is a JT type of question? Just creating drama. Yo, is it's it, literally it, out there. How it, is it a question that I made up? You act like I'm just pulling shit out of thin air. Like this is what people are talking about in the world. You're so old and don't know how to use technology. Anything you don't agree with is like it's manufactured. This is a real this, thing. Is this really? Is this being debated? Yes, on it is a real. Man, people got a lot of time on their hands. Then, like, no, like. The Rams aren't the 2021 Rams. If they were, I'd say, yeah, go all in like you did for Stafford. But those this Rams team coming up, or even the 2024 edition of the Rams, they're not the 2021 Rams, so no. And then the 49ers, JT, if they don't win this year, they need to go get a QB that can make plays, big plays, big throws in the fourth quarter. And Cousins hasn't shown that in his career. So plus, Cousins is going to be a year older, 
And, you know, what does going all in mean? Are you going to sacrifice your your future by giving them, you know, a $35, $40 million cap hit for the next three years? I mean, he, I mean, he at least going to get that. When, when, when you're throwing around the okay, term Okay, so definitely war, don't do it. When you're, turn, when you're throwing around the term bidding war, that pretty much means that you're going to have to overpay for this yeah. by a mile. Then definitely not. Because, listen, like, they could have – they could offer him, but then does that mean they got to ruin their defense? Like, does that mean someone on the offense got to get cut? So, to me, go with Trey Lance, man. Trey Lance should be your guy. Oh, you said it was Brock Purdy should be the guy. I said he's going to be the one that starts. But if it was up to me and I was John Lynch, I'm going Trey Lance. Well, funny thing we were mentioning John Lynch. He's going to be the person that's going to be fired. So, I don't think Shanahan is going anywhere. Um, I want to say you're right, but I disagree with you because – if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And I feel like McVay and Shanahan are always a quarterback away from either winning a Super Bowl or missing out on one. So if Kirk Cousins is out there and they feel like, hey, he can play and execute our system, you got to go all in for him. Now, which one of those two do you think is the best landing spot? I think I already know your answer based on what you just said. But yeah, yeah for exactly. Rams, like which one is the best landing spot for him? Dude, it's for him, it's obvious. It's the 49ers. They're more ready to win, and they have a running game. And they have a running game. Like, Cousins with the play action in San Francisco, I'm going to admit, that could look pretty nice. All right? Plus, the 49ers have first-round picks. <laughs> I mean, He's like, I don't think the Rams have one. Don, Don goes, I'm picking the 49ers because they actually know how to tag their running backs to death, like the Rams, <laughs> where they pay them a fortune. So I, I get your biased answer. But you're right. It's the 49ers. They have more weapons, younger players, a better defense, and they have more assets and draft capital to either acquire, acquire Kirk or build around him. The Rams blew it all on that championship and Super Bowl. Stafford and, and Aaron Donald aren't getting any younger. They're on the back end. They have a bad O-line, no running game, like you said, and they just have limited weapons on both sides of the ball. So bad roster, old stars, and no assets. Like, why would Kirk Cousins want to go there? Like, I love McVay, but... Like Vince Lombardi could be coach of the Rams, and I'm still picking the 49ers over over that team in that situation. So it, it's the 49ers. That's his best bet to win a championship. All right. So before before we go on to our next topic, I, I do have a question for you because and I'm going off script here. No oh, preparation shit. here. Dangerous. Yeah. Yep. So the NFL today handed down uh, suspensions to four players. All right. Isaiah Rogers, Rashad Berry, both of the Colts, and free agent Demetrius Taylor were suspended indefinitely today by the NFL through at least the 2023 season for betting on NFL games um, last season in the Titans offensive tackle. Hopefully I get his name right here. Nicholas Petit Ferrer was suspended six games for betting while on basically team property team facility all right so just what what were your initial thoughts on that and do you think this will become a common trend or a common thing where players are getting suspended for for betting or placing bets or being associated with people that are that are placing bets man i don't i don't get this at all like it's not as if like this was some big sting operation and you never seen how the NFL is taking down guys. Like you literally see this happen before. Like once Calvin really got caught and went down, everyone should have changed up their game and how they, how they do this. 
guys just don't care. Like, they don't care. They're just not very smart. First of all, why would you do anything on, on team facility or on team property? They can track everything you're doing. And they're specifically looking for that now after Calvin Ridley did this. So, I mean, I think the NFL is going to continue to do it. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's it's more ways for them to get back money and pay players less because if you're suspended, like, that's going to affect that. So they're going to keep suspending within the rule of the letter of the law as they can. And the players just either got to be smarter or stop doing it. You know, I think I think there's a little bit of hypocrisy here from the NFL, just a little bit in terms of betting on team property. Like if they're betting on a college football game, which I believe is what Jamison Williams did um, of the Lions, and he got suspended six games, or they're placing a bet in October on an NBA game, and they happen to be, what, at the team hotel the night before the game? Like, JT, I don't understand. Why is that a six-game suspension? That's what I can't. That's what I can't. Is it in the CBA? I don't know if it is. It might be. You're right. If it's it's in the CBA, don't don't use my answer. Don't use my answer. But but I want to know why. You're going to have – you have – Sports books at stadiums. You are advert. You have sponsorships from you know DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever MGM. I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because you know you, NFL's allowed to make money. Well, the, it's well, not no, legal. No, the, the obvious All I'm answer saying is the obvious answer is rules for thee, not rules for me. So that, that's the I, obvious answer. But I, I mean, you don't you don't want that that optic that. Players are betting on no, games, no, 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 especially no, no, no. especially no, no. in the era when no, no. people think I get that, that games are rigged. I, I know, guys no, no, could be no, no, throwing no. games, but refs are cheating. I, you I just totally, don't want that. No, I totally get that. You bet on an NFL game and it's in the book. No, you're done for the season. Like I, I, I get that, and you should definitely never bet on your own game. But what I'm saying is, they're at the team hotel the night before their football game, and it's you know early November. And the Warriors play at 1030 at night because it's a West Coast game and they put a bet through their phone like everything's legal there except the NFL saying, nope, because he's on team property at that point, which is the hotel or even in the locker room, you know, after practice, like as long as it's not an NFL game, what does that matter? That's what I don't like. But this is what I don't like on the player side of what they're doing. JT, you know, when. You always want me to put on parlays, which I don't do. But you know, you want me to put like a ten day, a ten dollar parlay on a twenty game parlay to try to win twenty thousand dollars. Like NFL players don't need that money. Like you know, Isaiah Rogers is you know foregoing millions in future contracts for what to put a twenty dollar bet or whatever he put, even if it's a thousand dollar bet. What you win a thousand bucks? Big deal. You go play this game tomorrow. You make whatever it is, $50,000 on your game check as a rookie. Like, I just, I don't understand why players are betting on NFL games or why are they just betting in general? Because they're not like you and I, where we're like, ah, this is a adrenaline rush or like, hey, oh, we're trying, oh, oh, we need this bet to hit so our lives can be different. <laughs> exactly. Their no, lives are different already. Like, yeah, he's what like, is he's the like, upside? Look, he's like, look, if I had this money already, I'd just be hoarding it. I wouldn't be gambling it away. But I mean, hey, look, man, gambling, gambling is an addiction. That's true. So. That 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 part is true. And hopefully, you know. If that is the case for any of these guys or any of the guys that has been suspended, hopefully the NFL has a program in place to help these guys because this ain't gonna be the last time it happens for you know that we see in the NFL, like like you said. All right, so 
let's bring back the world famous segment that we started during COVID-19. And yes, I made an executive decision. I was like, we got to bring it back. We had it in the yeah, spring yeah. and summer. Yeah, you make you make those decisions whenever you want to. Yes. So when I ask you to do something, this man, this man will drag his feet and not make a decision. <laughs> because you so just, that tells me you do what you want. But but you just go to the producers, cry about it, and then I got to do it anyway. So at least I make you kind of cry about it. So listen, we, we had this in the spring and summer of 2020 because there weren't that many live sports occurring at the time. And that segment is Corona Extra. It's a segment that debates topics not yet, not yet uh, sponsored by Corona Extra. JT, maybe give us a shot network and can help us with that. But it, this topic, this segment, I should say, we debate topics that all sports fans argue. They all argue different big picture topics, right? So since the NBA draft was last week, let's focus on this week's Corona Extra topic. Here's the question, JT. Which NBA draft class, in your opinion, was the best? 1984, 96, or 2003? And real real quick for the fans and listeners, the 84 draft had Olajuwon number one, Jordan number three, Barkley number five, among you know most notables. 96 draft had Iverson number one, Ray Allen number five, and Kobe number 13. That's just three of, name a few in that class. And in 2003, just to name a couple, LeBron, number one, Carmelo, number three, Bosch, number four, D-Wade, number five, all at the top. So, JT, what class are you rolling with? It's so tough. This, this is a really tough question. It is. I think the one class that everybody wants to pick is the 84. It's because their story is done. I mean, we know what Jordan is. We know what Barnes got MJ. So, you just can't answer that question. And, and, John, and John Stockton's John, in there, too. John yeah. Stockton's in that, too. And another Hall of Famer, you may or may not know him, Oscar Schmidt of, of Brazil. Yeah. So it's 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 hard to do that. So I had to look at these classes from top to bottom. And every time I wanted to get away from this class, it just kept coming back to it. And I think it's the 2003 class that I'm going to roll with. And you like okay, okay. LeBron, I thought you were LeBron. gonna. I thought you were gonna go ninety six. Actually, okay. I'm surprised. Ninety six was close, but I'm gonna go with 03. I mean, LeBron, we know what he is. Carmelo, we know what he is. Bosch and Wade, we know who they are. I'm looking at the second round of that draft, and they had ten guys that played ten or more NBA seasons drafted in the second round. Ninety six, they had I think six guys that fit in that that group. And 84 only had three. So I know they might not be household names, but basically a lot of guys in that second round of 2003 draft stuck around for a long time. Like I, one of them just won a championship. So it just speaks to the depth of that class. Like they might be role players, but they're still around. And then you look at seasons play for the first rounders. 96, it was pretty good, but 03, had the most guys again. 03 had 19 guys in round one that played 10 or more years in the NBA. So I think when you look at totality, first, second round, longevity, because every class is going to have star power. When you look at totality and you know longevity and things like that, I just kept coming back to 2003. And I think that's the class I'm going to roll with because I'm going to get more out of the class as a whole. Yeah, you know, this was a really tough question. I first went to Hall of Famers. 84's got five of them, JT. And 96 has four. 03 has only 
two right now, but they'll end up with four with Carmelo and LeBron coming coming along here. So you're really close in Hall of Famers, and that's really the way I, I got to look at classes. And then you look at championships. I mean, going at the end of the 21 season, 03 had more championships, 25 to 19. Now, the thing is, though, 96 had at that time more All-Stars um, and more All-NBA teams. But I'm going to agree with you. I think it's 2003 because if someone would tell you going into every draft, hey, four of the first five picks are going to be Hall of Famers in this draft, you'd be like, it's over. This is the greatest class yeah. ever. <laughs> and then and then you mentioned the depth. To me, a lot of people don't think 2003 has depth. I'm like, what are you talking about? You have guys that were were even in the first round were big on championship rosters. Josh Howard with the Mavericks, Kendrick Perkins, David West, I believe, with the, the Warriors, Nick Collison. Like you even go look at Michael Petris, which a lot of people may or may not know his name. He got to the finals with Orlando, a key piece off the bench. And then you look at Luke Walton, I believe, with the Lakers, Mo Williams, James Jones with the Heat. Like, <laughs> like there's a lot. And then you look at Chris Kanan, a lot of people may not know him, but he had a good longevity NBA career. So I go with 03 because not only that, you know, I love Kobe. I love AI, but you got Jordan in 84. You got LeBron in 03. I think that top dog, 96 can't compete with the top dog of either 84 or 2003. That's my opinion on it. I yeah. think the only thing that 96 could argue is, hey, we've got, Steve, we've, got, we've got Steve Nash, who was taken 15th, two-time MVP. That's pretty impressive Astrid, when you're class. MVP, but, but. but look at the rest of that class. Marbury, Peja Stojakovic, Jermaine O'Neal, Derek Fisher. Like, those are really good players. I think the most potential, though, I agree, was the 96 class. It was 96. Those guys, those Kittles, guys, Antoine this could have easily been the best class of all time. Oh. Like, you look at Antoine Walker, Kerry <laughs> Kittles, Lorenzo Wright, like, like Ray Allen's in there, like you said. Like, there's yep. so many guys in there that could have been just great. Like, even Ogalskis is in here. Like, yep. that. I think talent-wise, that class is far and away the best class as a whole. We're talking about, like, total talent. Like, if going we, into the draft. Going yeah, if we had draft. just like a potential like all-star yeah. game where like these guys live up to the max potential as a class and we make teams out of them, I'm taking the 96. Yeah, forget about it. It's over. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. I think it's 2003. All right, so I hope to have that segment on again. JT will probably, you know, try to veto that, but we'll, I'll talk to the producer, see what I can do about it because we all know you guys love that segment out there. So let's go on to... Probably the, the most popular segment we have nowadays. Forget about it, Fugazi. We're going to read a statement. If we agree with it, we think it's a hot take, we're going to say forget about it. If we don't agree with it, we're going to say Fugazi. And once you misspelled forget about it, JT, you forgot the H in there, but it's all right. Oh, I, oh, so, I, did, it. I did it on purpose. No, you didn't. I'm doing no, this, I'm doing this no, every week to see if you'll no, you notice it and see if you complain. No, you didn't. All right. First one, Oklahoma football. Oklahoma University football will fade into obscurity once they get to the SEC. No, I think people are just overreacting because they had a bad year. But I mean, look at under the surface, they lost Lincoln Riley and probably the number one pick in the draft and Caleb Williams. Like most programs, not named Alabama and Georgia, wouldn't recover from that in one or two years. So 
that's overreaction. But think about it. They're too much of a blue blood to just fade into obscurity while going to a better conference. Like, if anything, the SEC will get them more coverage, and it's going to be a bonus in recruiting. So they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you're saying Fugazi. You didn't say yeah. You got to say the word. Right. Yeah, Fugazi. I mean, obscurity is too strong of a word. Like, they'll be competitive. Like, it's Oklahoma football, and they're going to play in the SEC. Yeah, they're going to have they're going to have some off seasons, but who doesn't in the SEC? But the thing is, they'll be able to bounce back. They'll still get talent. Like, they'll they'll be fine. They won't um, fade into so, obscurity like the Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> they won't be I, that bad. I, I was just going to say, listen, I'm not feeling bad for Oklahoma football. All right, next one. LeBron will follow Bronny to wherever he's drafted next year. Forget about it or forget it. Forget about it. Come on, man. He's been talking about this for a couple years now. And listen, whatever LeBron wants, LeBron gets. And that's going to happen. Trust me. Forget <laughs> about it. Until Bronny gets drafted by the Magic, then he won't want that. Um, I'm going to say forget and I think it depends on what's going on with the Lakers starting with this offseason and what happens with their season next year. Because let's say if they end up in title mode, like they they get they make good moves and they're a good team. Like it's going to be really hard for LeBron to just say, like, all right, I'm going to walk away from this and just go chase Bronny to another team. So I think it's for Gazy because it just depends on one where Bronny lands, but also like what's going on with LeBron at the current time when he's playing. So I just don't think it's a open and shut. He's going to follow his son when he's drafted. All right. The Raiders are about to become the new Cleveland Browns. Oh, Fugazi. Because they are already the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> like, they, like, why are we just acting like the Raiders just became bad? Like, they've been horrible. Epic failures at GM, drafting, coaching with the whole John Gruden saga, team management. I think what their whole what rugs was in the 2017 class, like that whole class, probably the worst class ever. And they've been the Cleveland Browns for basically like the past four or five years. So I'm saying Fagazi because they are already there. They are them. They are the Cleveland Browns. I'm I'm also saying Fugazi. I got a little different take on it because no one can be like the Cleveland Browns and no one can be like the Raiders. They're their own separate entities. Like, so the Raiders are not becoming the Browns because they're the Raiders. They will always be the Raiders. And the Browns can only be the Browns as no one else can be like the Browns. So I, I agree with you. Fugazi, we just took a different path to get there. All right. Next one. Very interesting. Eli Manning is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Forget for about it or Fugazi. Forget about it. Over 57,000 passing yards, 366 touchdowns. Hey, Super Bowl 42, Super Bowl 46. Enough said. Let's go on to the next one. Let's forget about it. Oh, yeah. Forget about it. He beat the brakes off of Tom Brady twice at the <laughs> highest level of the Super Bowl. Hell, yeah. And he ruined their perfect season. If he never played any other games besides those two games, he would still be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Hey. And the, I know we're, I know it will be funny, but I guarantee you if the Hall of Fame was up to fan votes – and Eli Manning played just those two games, he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, Absolutely. yeah, he's getting it there. No so, so, JT, if you're saying he was a backup his whole career, but the starter got hurt in the NFC title game. And, and he beat, Eli and came he beat just Tom Brady people. twice. And he beat Tom Brady twice. <laughs> like Basically, he had a Nick Foles season where he just came on at the end, beat Tom Brady twice, 
especially that 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 was 017 that was undefeated. undefeated. You try to tell me if the Hall of Fame had like NBA All-Star, MLB All-Star party, that Eli Manning wouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer and he won it as a New York Giant. Oh, please. He, he might get the most votes ever. Uh, I like that one. Uh, we, we agree. Forget about it. All right. Uh, Derek Carr saying he would have played his last two games as a Raider for free is cap. So wait, wait, before you do that, you got to explain what cap Please don't maybe explain to you what cap you, you, means. You've got to because, you know, not everyone's, you know, young you and you like you and me. Like you, you and know. me. I know what it means. Cap means it's a lie. It's false. Well, it's not true. That, thank you for explaining. Like, you over-exaggerated. <laughs> Forget about it. And this, honestly, this is why people hate Derek Carr. He, you know what he reminds me of? It's a strong word. He's that kid. In that one commercial where uh, they're in that championship game and he touches the ball and the, the ref doesn't catch it and he goes to the huddle, he's like, Coach, I touched the ball. We should get do the right thing and you know, give the ball to the other team. Like, nobody likes that type of guy. And this is well, exactly I the like vibe I get from this comment. I it's like, like that honestly. I'm such integrity. a nice guy. I would have did it for free. Shut up. No, you wouldn't have. Like, that's cap. I, I like that integrity. Um, It's it's forget about it, meaning, yeah, he is lying about that. No, like, no one plays for free um, once they get to the professional level. They do that in college, but that's why they do it in college, so they can get paid in the NFL. And, yeah, if that was like, the case, he would have just stayed at Fresno State and never went to the NFL. Listen, anytime a pro player says they would have or play for free, it's cap. It's cap. I, I don't wear hats. If not, I'd be wearing cap one right the now. like you know what that shit be. <laughs> now, 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 I will say this. I, I, I don't want to make a joke about this, but here's the thing. I believe, a, I would believe a player more, like I believe Eddie George more when he said, if I would have died on the field that day playing Ray Lewis, I'd have been happy. I believe that more than Derek Carr saying he'd play the last two games for free. So that's how cap this is. Hmm. I'm going to go no comment there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Eddie George and Ray Lewis highlights are always on my on my social media. I love seeing those two go back and forth. Um, now, last one. The NFL needs to consider going all natural grass to avoid serious injuries. I, I think it's both forget about it and fugazi. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. We're not, I'm allowed. One the other. I'm, it's, a, it's our show. It's fugazi because in 2021, so the reports are data shows same amount of injuries occurred. Um, on grass to uh, turf, right, to the field turf. 2022, this is the data, and, and maybe you can help me understand it. Injuries occurred almost 0.013 more times per 100 plays on turf than on grass. And so they're saying that, man, there's so many more injuries on turf with that stat than grass. What? 0.013 more times seems really low per 100 plays, but – I don't know. They're saying that's a lot. So to me, needs to be more studies and a review of all the synthetic NFL fields, meaning not just in general, but you've got to go to that field, every field that has synthetic turf, synthetic field, and you have to 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 do a report on it. You've got to figure out, is this the right synthetic material? How is the, you know, is it too firm? Is it too hard? Because that's what players complain about. But the forget about a part is, is listen. If coaches and players want natural gas grass on all of the surfaces, then do it. Go for it. Like 
that if that's what the coaches and players want because the players are the ones that play on the field, do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll say this. It's it's forget about it. And I want to go back to your stats that you gave. You're so they're saying that injuries basically occur more on turf, right? And, yeah. and they're saying that that point that point percentage is more. Now here now here's why that's crazy. You're you're looking at it as all right, there's 50-50 split between turf fields and grass fields in the NFL. Like half the teams got turf, half the teams got grass. I'm pretty sure more teams have the natural field, right? Than they do have turf. So yeah. that number to me is is crazy. And then you look at what the players are saying. Like players have right. been saying this for years that right. not only do they feel like they get hurt more on turf, the injuries are more severe. And here's the thing that people aren't looking at as well. When you're already playing hurt, which surface is going to aggravate it more? And I think that's what matters to players most is I'm already banged up. Now I got to go play on this surface where it's not helping me finish the game or perform at a high level while injured. And you just look at what recent players are coming out and saying, like some of the injuries that they've suffered and they know is specifically because of the turf. Edelman came out and talked about his torn ACL. Brandon Marshall was talking not too long ago that his deltoid exploded on a turf field. And he was like, that is an injury that you get in a car crash. And I'm like, if a field surface is causing those type of injuries, like these are career threatening injuries. Like Mm -hmm. you have to change that. And the players are screaming that it's because of this field. And you see it all the time. Like the, the MetLife stadium, mad casualties every year. I feel like they get a team or two just taken out. Like all the turf fields like that. So they really need to think about investing in it. Like, so what? You have to hire a few more grounds crews per team to keep the grass, you know, up to date. Like, so what? The NFL's got billions of dollars. Get it done. Because players are going to start complaining about this. And what you don't want to happen is playing surface dictating what players will do. Because if it's coming down whether I want to go to a team that has a natural grass surface or a turf surface, mm-hmm. that's going. That's when teams and owners are going to really start being like, you know what? All right, now it's a problem. So don't let it get to that point. Just listen to the players. It's an easy fix and get it done. Yep. All right. Last one before we go. I'm throwing this in here because my team is in it. Weekend predictions. We got hey, JT, we got to start getting ready for it again becomes because late come late August, early September, we got weekend predictions. We're gonna do a better job of, of keeping track of the overall record. Yeah, this one I've been, been whooping your it, ass the past two years. <laughs> oh, please. This one doesn't count toward the overall record, but we're going to put it in there. The USFL title game this Saturday night, the Birmingham Stallions versus my Pittsburgh Maulers. Who you got? Birmingham, because they're playing Pittsburgh. Of course. And they got, and they got good. the goat, Deion King. Good, good. We, I, I like that. We like haters because we're going to prove them wrong. We've got Pittsburgh Maulers, best defense in the USFL. We're going to win. We got the, the ground attack. Let's let's go get them. Let's, let's become champs because that's what the city of Pittsburgh does, especially in football. So, JT, any anything else? We good? Full show? No, no, no. We good, man. I, I'm just glad I got a magic rant out of you. Show well worth it for that. All right. So, to all the fans and listeners out there, Thank you for listening to us, JT and the Dawn All Sports Podcast. Remember to subscribe to us. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to follow us on 
social social media our handle jt and the dawn we can be found on instagram tiktok twitter and facebook so once again jt and the dawn all sports podcast presented by give us a shot network jt great episode man a lot of fun football season's getting closer and closer but until the next episode see ya peace